What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Celtics Talk Podcast, but it is a very, very special episode of the Celtics Talk Podcast. Yes, reunited, and it feels so good. Kyle Draper, who is actually in Boston for tonight's Celtics-Kings game. Drapes, what is up? Hey, man, just uh, hoping for a Kings win tonight. You know, hey, Forsberg, let's not forget. Sacramento swept Boston last year, so we're the team to beat tonight. You know, I, if I'm Vegas, I'm putting my money on the Kings, right? <laughs> ah, well, I mean, based on the Celtics' performance and their uneven ways, it's not the worst thing to bet against them and going against a uh, kind of middling opponent. But uh, I need everybody to stick around for the end of this episode. Uh, before we started taping this actual start of the podcast, uh, Tom Curran and Phil Perry were wrapping up the Patriots Talk podcast. Uh, Phil was very quick with his Marcus Smart slander and ducked out before we could hit the record button but there's a little spice at the end here where tom Curran tries to make a pitch to trade a particular celtic star and if you're familiar with our network you can probably guess what that is but drape drape held him to some accountability so drapes i want I, before we get into all the basketball stuff i mean people miss you how's it going out there dude it's, it's going fantastic man i'm having a blast you know obviously i want the team to be better on the floor you know when it comes to wins and losses but uh I'm California living, man. I, mm. I came back to Boston and it's 20 something degrees out. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing here? You know, but uh, no, things are going well out there out in the West Coast. Every time I see a, a big time Kings game winner uh, on some of the national networks and the, the little voice pop, it's uh, it's Kyle Draper bringing Good me. Boy. Hey, how's, hey, the, how's, how's it been going? Because I, I, and like just to take people behind the scenes, like with anything you need reps and you need to, to do it more and you grow and you develop. What's it been like now that you've had like some time to, 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 to build up those good habits, to, to go to an all-star level with the Kings. Right. You know, it, it's, it's like being a basketball player. You come into the NBA, your rookie year, you're trying to feel your way. Mm-hmm. And then you make that leap from year one to year two. And, and so I, I'm much more comfortable. I know the guys, you know, last year, I hate to say it was sort of a throwaway year almost because yeah. of COVID. Like I never got to touch the guys, be around the players. And uh, now, you know, it, it's interesting because when you call games, you got to be prepared for anything. Right. And I'm prepared for game winners now, you know? And so early on when I just started, you know, it was like, man, what do I say? But now, mm-hmm. you know, I got my thing that I do, you know? And so uh, one thing I, I, I just, you know, last year, Chris, I said to myself, you know what, Kyle, just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Just be drapes, you know what I mean? And then whatever else happens, happens, you know? And so I think when people watch, that's what they see. They just see me out there having fun, enjoying basketball. I think that's the best advice for pretty much anyone in our business is, and, and even as I was trying to, 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 to do with more TV, like I didn't know how to do it. And I think the, the easiest thing is to just be yourself, be a nerd, yeah. be a Robert Williams fan, like just kind of own what you own <laughs> away from the camera, because then it's easy. Like you're just being yeah. yourself. But, you know, even Mike Gorman comes on and, and one of the things he said is like for years, he would play it very straight in terms of, you know, just calling the game and doing what he does. But the last few years, even he's tried to sort of like just, you know, if it's on his mind, he's going to say it. He doesn't right. like overthink it anymore. And I think, I mean, yeah. that's a, yeah. we got a legend 40 years in the business who's still finding ways to evolve. What, so what do you got going on for catchphrases out there? Are we still doing bang, bang, bang? And, and, no, and not like, as what, much, what? not as, it's just, it just, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's a feeling, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I, I throw out a couple occasional bang, bang, bangs that, you know, uh, I don't even have like one thing. I say it's just really? whatever I'm feeling at the time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like one thing, you know, people say about me, like, you know, cause we have that camera that like videotapes you, yeah, records yeah. you like, so I'm rarely just sitting down in the t- entire game. Like if a big three is made or a dunk 
and, and, and you know, if you're at the game tonight, fans will see it. I'm up out of my chair like a fan. And so it, it's not necessarily a catchphrase. It's just whatever's on, you know, comes to mm -hmm. mind. Like you said, Mike, you just say it, man. Yeah. You know, don't hold back. Just just be authentic. What's the, give me the last thing. I, I'm just I'm fascinated by it. I think people are, too. <laughs> What has been your, your biggest development? What have you learned now that you've had more time? Like, do you, so with Gorman, now that I like hyper-focus on what, how Mike does his job, I'm always amazed at how much space he leaves, right? Like right, it, it, he'll, right. a lot of times, and especially if you've done radio in the past, it's like, you got to describe everything, but Mike right, will just be right. like, takes a three and then just lays out. Even if he makes yeah, misses, yeah. whatever, it's just like, and sometimes it's, right. I'm watching, I'm like, oh, that's really neat. What if, well, how have you grown on, uh, on that end? You, you know, and, and everybody's different when it comes to that, because some guys just talk, 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 yeah. talk, 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 talk. And Gorman, I would say he's on that opposite end of the scale. He lets it breathe. And so I think that's probably been the biggest challenge is like knowing when to let the game breathe, yeah. like especially, you know, late in games and you hear the crowd chanting defense or something. You got to lay out. Don't talk, you know, just let the let the environment, you know, tell the story, let let the crowd, let, you know, the, the squeaking of the sneakers, let, you know, and so just sensing when to shut up, you know, it's okay, <laughs> especially on TV. Like you said, radio, you got to constantly talk. Yeah. TV, you got the pictures there, so you don't have to describe every single move, every single play. Oh, that's great. Well, I can't wait. Uh, I can't cheat on my own broadcast tonight, but I might, I might have to pull up the, I might have to pull up the, the second Sacramento screen, feed. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll have it going. I'll have like one, uh, one ear speaker on one side with you, one on the other with, uh, with, with, with Scal and Mike, <laughs> and uh, it'll be fun. What's it been like being back in Boston? Uh, have you been able to do anything fun? It's been crazy, man. I, I got back uh, Sunday late afternoon and I just been running ever since, man, seeing people. I got the wife and kids out here too. They're out here for the week, so we're doing stuff. It's just been, and so now I'm preparing for this game tonight. And uh, I was telling somebody earlier, I'm like, as much as I am excited about this game, Chris, mm -hmm. I can't wait for it to be over, man. <laughs> you know, because I, I need to exhale, man. I need to decompress. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I, I've just been running around, having dinner with people, lunch, you know, visiting all my old places, doing some clothing, you know, picking up some nice. new threads and everything, you know, so it's just been, it's just such a short time, man. You know, we're only here for 48 hours and, you know, and I was here for 11 and a half years and, you know, you try to see people and it's just been tough. I, well, I can't wait to, I, you're going to have a blast tonight. I know it's going to be, it's got, you, you got to do your job. You got to be focused on that. But when you see those people and they see you, right, that right. building, it's going to be great. And it's, it's, it, it is kind of like when a player comes back, it's just, there's something a little bit magical to it. And yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 I have a feeling we'll be shoehorning you on our, our air at some point. So if, uh, if, if, if uh, you, you keep a, keep a lookout for drapes out there and go, go remind him of how much we enjoyed his time here. Let's switch it over to basketball. All right. Yeah, let's you talk. Know, I need, I need the, I need the, the West coast uh, view of what's going on with the Boston Celtics from afar. Are you surprised that they've struggled as much as they have? And can you put your finger on why it, it has gone so awry? Yeah. Yeah. I am uh, surprised because they, they have too much talent and you can say the same thing about Sacramento. They've struggled. They, they shouldn't be where they are. They're a little better than their record. In the sure. I, I would say the same thing about the Celtics. And so, it, you know, when you look at the most disappointing teams in the league, and there's a lot of them this year, right? There's yeah. a lot, you know, whether you're talking New York, Atlanta, uh, Lakers, obviously. I got to throw the, the Boston Celtics in there as well. There's no reason this team should be number eight, you know, a couple weeks ago, 10th in the East. Like, that's unfathomable, you know, when you got two young stars 
and JB and Jason Tatum. But I will say this. All this chatter about those guys not being able to play together and all this, mm-hmm. that's hogwash, man. That's You know what? That, that I, I don't buy that because we've seen them get to the Eastern Conference Finals together. You know, so we've seen them complement each other. I just think the roster needs to be improved. Like, you know, and, and I said it with Tommy Curran, you know, uh, before we really jumped on here. Like, the point guards that they've had in the past, whether it's Kyrie or Kemba, they've been scoring first point guards, you know. Look at a guy like Chris Paul, and we know he's a Hall of Famer, one of the all-time great leaders. But Phoenix wasn't Phoenix until you got a guy like Chris Paul. And now Devin Booker is being talked about as the next Kobe and all this <laughs> other stuff. You know what I mean? It's crazy. You, you, you look at, you know, some of the other teams around the league, and you need that point guard, that floor general, that leader, that culture builder. And so I wonder if I'm looking at the Celtics, what's their identity, uh, Chris Forsberg? Right, you know, now it's de- right now it's defense. It's defense, right? But, yeah, it's defense. And they'll, until the fourth quarter when, you know, they, they get up yeah. and obviously offensive woes, but then they allow a team to score in the fourth. But, you know, it, it, it's just I don't think they have, like, an identity, a, a, a leader on this team. Who's that leader? You remember back when KG was here, man. KG walked in the building. You, you stood at attention. Everybody, you know, uh, was, you know, on edge. And so I think it's the same at Phoenix. Chris Paul walks in. Yeah. You know, hey, he has control of that locker room. And so I think they need a floor general, man, somebody that can, uh, you know, so Jalen and Jason don't have to worry about getting eight assists or, you know, making other players better. They can go out there and just do what they do, which is get buckets. So can Marcus Smart be that guy? Or you, or you think they need someone? I mean, so I, here's what I keep telling people is, I don't know necessarily, I do agree with you. I think, I used to ask Danny Ainge all the time. I said, who's the perfect person you could put next to the Jays? And he would say right. Kevin Garnett. I used to think he meant like a power forward, a guy who like could defend. He meant like, not only could he do that, but he could be the the vocal guy who would right, be like, right. we need to win. This is how we're going to do it. And so I do think when I look at this roster, I say, you know, where, where they can, can they find that? The, the guy who hasn't tasted victory, who can help them come along and nurture and be that Chris Paul type for the Celtics. But um, yeah, the, the, it, invariably we fall to two positions. Is it, you know, can they find a power forward or can they find a point guard? Like, so can Marcus be that guy if they find that leadership type at another position? Well, the, the problem is those guys don't grow in trees. You know, yeah. those guys just aren't walking around on the street. And can Marcus become that guy? I don't think so. Not in the current way the Celtics are, are constructed because, you know, whose team is it? Is it Jason Tatum's team? Is it Jalen Brown's? Is it, you know, and so whoever guy, whatever guy that is, you know, he's the leader, you know? And so I don't know if uh, Jalen and Jason, you know, they're all equals and, you know, they all came up together. So it's like hard to say, you know, all right, it's Marcus Smart. Who's the OG veteran that, that can come in and help this team. And so, and I will say with Marcus Smart, like you watch Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns, and I know we keep talking about this, but Chris Paul give the ball up, but. When the shot clock's winding down, guess who's getting it back? Chris mm-hmm. Paul is getting or Devin Booker. When you watch the Celtics, Smart will give it up, but it stays with Jason yeah. or Jalen. You know what I mean? And so when you ask, can Smart be that guy? I don't think so because it, maybe he's not allowed to be that guy or maybe that's just not who he is. But when the shot clock's winding down, and that's why I think you need somebody that's clutch, that 
everybody respects and knows once the shot clock's winding down, get him the ball. He's going to make the right read, no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Shoot the ball, pass it, whatever, draw the foul. And so, but those guys don't grow on trees, man. And uh, man, remember when Phoenix traded for Chris Paul? We like, yeah, we were all like, oh, what a, what a crazy 40 move. Million? What are they doing? The dude's like 50 years old. What are they doing? But he put him back on the map, Chris, and, and, and look at him now. Best record. Yeah. And now, now he's the poster child for what young teams need to, yep. to take that step. Yeah. All right. So I know, I know you want the veteran type, but I can't, I can't bring the Kings guy on the Celtics talk podcast and not talk <laughs> trades, not talk, which, which of the point guys can we poach from, from your, uh, from your overflowing roster of point guards. <laughs> what do you think the Kings are going to do at the deadline here? And are, are, are any of those guys actually available? I, I don't think so. I, I, I think when it's all said and done, Fox will be, you're talking about a 24 year old point guard who's not even in this prime yet, average mm-hmm. 25 points per game last season. You know, and, and the, the, the narrative in Sacramento is, well, can De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton coexist? Yeah. Same kind of conversations you guys are having here in Boston with JB and JT. But the problem is, you got to give it time to develop. We, this is only their second year together, and Tyrese didn't play a whole lot last season. Fox got injured toward the end of the season. If I'm Monty McNair, the Kings GM, I want to see a little more with these guys talking about Fox and Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Some of the other pieces might be expendable. We know he tried to trade Buddy Heald uh, on draft night, so he might be open. But uh, I, I do think the Kings make a move, though, because like I said, when you're talking about a disappointing team, they have a worse record this year, Chris, than they did last year, which is hard to believe because that roster really? last year had so many holes in it. And so you got to do something if you're Monty McNair. You're three games out of the play-in right now, so there's still time. Like, Portland is ahead of you. Portland's been a mess, even though they beat the Celtics last week. Portland's been a mess without Dame, and then they just get CJ back. And so uh, Monty's going to make a move, but I don't think it's going to be Fox or Halliburton or anything. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Buddy like that. Uh, that Portland game almost broke Scal. Called it the worst <laughs> loss of the year, and he he he'd been trying to like you know be on the pom poms and and and, yeah. and 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 but like yeah that one that one hurt him that was the worst loss of the season to him watching them fall apart in the second half so sorry sorry we couldn't help you guys there with uh with some Western <laughs> I Conference know right <laughs> uh so I mean we talked a lot about Harrison Barnes last year uh, I thought that was probably one of the ideal candidates for the Celtics but Buddy Hield is intriguing to me as well do you what do you think it would be the Kings are are trying to get 
in return for those for those type of players? Are they looking for the youth movement? Do they want younger players that maybe could get more burn than they've seen here in Boston? Are they looking for draft picks? Like what what's money going after for these? For, for that, that's a good moves? question. Let's think back to the deal he had with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell, Chris Forsberg. That's two rotation guys, not two young guys. Yeah. That's two guys that maybe could start for your team. And so who's that guy the Celtics can give up? Everybody's saying Neesmith or, you know. You want like, Dennis Schroeder? You want to have like an all-point guard team? Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, six foot and under team or something like that. No, but uh, I, I don't know what the Celtics have, man. Because obviously it's not Jalen Brown. It's not Tatum. It's not your boy Time Lord. You know, that. No way. And, and so after that, I think the assets aren't as strong for the Celtics. And, and that's. That's where they're hurt. You know, the deal that, you know, I would have liked last season. Mm. I wanted the Kings to go after Marcus Smart last season. Now we don't need him, though. You know, he would have been <laughs> perfect last season, but now you really don't need Marcus Smart. Yeah. You got a, a young Marcus Smart 2.0 and Davion Mitchell, yeah. you know, who's a strong defender. And so I, I thought that deal last year, if the, if the Kings could have got Marcus Smart, He's the kind of guy they need, like a, a dog in the locker room, a, a guy that's, you know, going to do the intangibles. And so, but I, I think it's too late for, for a deal like that because we, we have so many guards now. I, I hate watching the Kings on draft night because y'all pick the guys I want. When Halliburton went, I'm, I was begging Danny Ainge to move up that draft board. Then the year the Celtics had the Kings pick, you know, it all, it floats all the way down to 14. Right. <laughs> Even last year, Mitchell, I thought Mitchell was going to be a steal. I think he had a defined NBA skill set. And now watching him, I'm like, I'm amazed at how good their young players are right. out there. And I hope they they get a chance to figure it out and, and put it together. Would Buddy fit with the with with the Jays? Because the Celtics need shooting. And I know it'd be a tough, tough move to get that that again to rotation. But like, I guess if, if you call money and said, look, we can give you Romeo, Aaron Neesmith, maybe some younger players that you could actually develop more so than but you know again it, it comes down to the king's timeline if they're trying to right. accelerate forward they might not be willing to wait for those guys right, but i wonder right. if it's better for them to cash out while you can get something for healed yeah yeah i i think they're looking for a little more yeah. certainty and with, with whatever they get back uh langford showed some flashes uh neesmith you know we, we've seen him as well but i i think when you look at you know buddy healed he'd be a perfect six man He'd be, you know, a, a guy come off the bench, you know, his numbers have been kind of inconsistent this season, to be honest with you, though. He, he's had some up and down. And, and so, but shooting is a premium. But the problem, Chris, is every team needs shooting, right? Like, like yep. the, you're, you're telling me the Kings are going to trade their best shooter. The Kings are in desperate need of more shooting. And <laughs> right. so, you know, I, if, if I'm Monty McNair, I need some shooters coming back in return. Like, I need guys that can uh, make the three as well. And so I don't know, man. Yeah, but. I, don't, I, don't, I don't get the trade for it because I think I, I'd say, oh, you need shooting. Peyton Pritchard isn't getting a whole lot of burn here, but you don't need more point guards. We don't need a, more yeah, point and, guards. And yeah. so uh, I, I think Aaron Neesmith could be intriguing because I think with the right yeah. amount of time he could develop. But, you know, I think the Celtics would be better off trying to invest in him than to go right. out and get a buddy healed, even though he's more ready uh, right now. Uh, all right. I, I don't want to keep you too long, but I want a couple last things. Like, what, what do yeah. you think from afar when, when Brad Stevens decided to step down and, uh, and, and now how do you think he's faring in his role as, as GM of this team? Oh, dude, I, I'm still shocked by it. All. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm still shocked because I was talking to somebody the other day about Brad and we know Brad, nice mm-hmm. guy. 
And, and I feel like as a GM or president of basketball operations, don't you got to be a little bit of a asshole a little bit? Like, you know, you got to be kind of <laughs> shrewd. And I know Brad is a competitor and everything like that, but man, I just never envisioned him in that role. I always thought of him as a coach. Like mm -hmm. I thought he loved coaching. I thought that's was in his blood and he would be a coach for life. And so how has he fared so far? I'm going to give him an incomplete, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I do think this trade deadline is important, man. You know, I, it's clear the Celtics need to do something, right? What is that move? Like we said, no Tatum, no Jalen Brown, no Robert Williams. I would imagine everybody else is, you know, uh, you know, on the market if you're Boston. And so he has to capitalize on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Their window is, is like really starting right now. Like this next five years, oh, no. sure we had Kyrie and, you know, <laughs> but these dudes, man, because there's always young players coming up. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about some of the young guys, John Morant, younger than those guys. Now it's his time. You know, it, it's like you got so many young players now that are, are you know, Phoenix isn't going anywhere. Uh, Devin right. Booker's going to be the man. And so I, I think, you know, when you look at, and, and Giannis, how old is Giannis Forsberg? What's he? 27, 28, maybe? Maybe, maybe not even that old, but he's going to be around another. So I think now's the time if you're the Celtics. Like these next five years, you mm -hmm. have to position yourself, not for a one-year run. Right. You got to capitalize on these young guys this next three to five years. And so if I'm Brad, I'm making a move for that. That's why it's wild. It's like you look up and if we're doing this podcast a year from now, like Jalen Brown's got – season and a half left on his deal after that. Like these years go quick and yeah, like the yeah. clock is ticking for the Celtics to, to figure this thing out. It is crazy with Brad. And so as you, as you're well aware, if you're, if you're looking at your Celtics links this morning, it's all about what are the, what are the moves? What are the moves? Yeah, like you yeah. said, there's, there's not a lot of obvious opportunity. I do think you'll have to at least entertain the idea of moving Marcus smart. Just if you, depending on how they feel about him as the long-term point guard, do you get enough return? Right. Like, what do you, if you're the Celtics, you're probably looking for, a first round pick so that you can use that to go get whatever comes next. Right, but right. You start looking around the league and Bryn Forbes goes for a second and you know, like it's, it's hard to get teams to convince, but that being said, there's a lot of contenders that could use, as you said, like last year, Marcus Smart would have been perfect for a young Kings team. Yeah. I looked at Atlanta last year. I thought he'd like, they could use a Marcus Smart and right. although that maybe not because they were, they were, they, they did perfectly fine on their own. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens, but otherwise I think it's going to be a little bit of, of fringe maneuvering. Dennis Schroeder right. goes out, opens up some playing time for the younger guys, maybe you get another big man. So you don't have to lean on Ennis freedom quite as much. Uh, speaking of big men, how's the Tristan Thompson experience been in, uh, in Sacramento? <laughs> you know, Forsberg, y'all had him in Boston last year. Why are you asking? I, I actually, I think Tristan Thompson is very entertaining. Like 100%. I, I, I like, you know he's a vocal leader on the team too. Like, you know, he, he's been in and out of the rotation, but there's not, not a, any doubt that he wants to win, you know what I mean? And losing bothers him. And I actually like that. I, I like, I, I wish we had more guys that, you know, were pissed off after losses, you know? Yeah. And so I just think, you know, you got Tristan Thompson, but you, you don't have any other leaders mm -hmm. next to him. Like, you know, and so I don't know, man, it, it's Tristan Thompson, right? It's, he it, is I love he I, is. I, I, my, my favorite walk-offs from last year. Like he would just say some crazy stuff. Right. And, right. You know, he was un, unfiltered, unvarnished. And uh, yeah, I, yeah. I enjoyed that about him, but you know, the fit wasn't great for the Celtics, at least with the personnel that they had. So I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him. You know, he's got to be on a good team, like a contender team. So I hope he gets right. a chance uh, right. with right. those.
All right, let me get you out of here. Before we play the uh, 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 Tom Curran's Trey Jalen Brown immediately uh, <laughs> rant, let me, uh, let me, what, what do you, what, what's the one thing you had to do while you're home? I know you said you got the family. Was there a spot you had to get to? Was there a restaurant you had to go to? What's, what's the go to for Draper? So I'm a shopaholic now, bro. Oh, like, man. Because like, you got to have those threads now that you're on. That, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Big so I had to go visit my guys at Ghibli's, nice. obviously in Danvers, and uh, my boys at Concepts, the shoe store. Uh, down here on uh, Newberry and Boylston. So th- those are my two things, man. That's And then obviously running around and seeing friends and old neighbors yeah. and stuff like that. But those were the two things. And I had to get my hair cut at my old barber. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a national game for Draper tonight. I know. Like, what, what do you Picked what do you out mean? a new suit. Got a I was going to say, I knew it. I knew it. Did you get like, you? Did, well, how long ago did you pick out your your, your outfit for tonight? No, like, no, nah, bro. No, it's not that bad. <laughs> but I did get some fresh shoes for it and everything. Nice. So, yeah, I'll be, I'll be decked out tonight. I can't wait. Well, enjoy every moment of it. I know it's like, you, you know, you're, you're thinking about the game and all that, but take a second. They always say like, once you start, you know, it's going to come naturally. Just embrace yeah, the moment. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking Cal forward to it. Say hi to Abby and all your old friends while you're exactly. over there. Exactly. See Scal and Mike. It'll be nice. It'll be we nice. Mi- we, we do miss you. And I, like I said, it is fun when I turn on the TV and I can still hear uh, Kyle Draper giving me the highlights and i wish the kings could give you some more highlights to have but uh, hey maybe tonight hopefully it's a game oh, winner man. for sacramento tonight <laughs> celtics have lost too many close games for to, to, for you to have to be chanting uh at the end of a of a, of a game winner if, right, if there's like right. a De'Aaron fox game winner i'm just gonna i'm gonna have to click off your network just to, it's gonna uh, be awesome <laughs> man i can't wait <laughs> all right kyle draper have fun tonight thank you for jumping right, on the celtics talk podcast all right my man see you soon All right, my guy Drapes, we miss him around here. Uh, he said, uh, when I reached out before this, uh, he was like, oh, now you want me on the Celtics Talk podcast. I said, look, you can still be the co-host if you want to check in from the West Coast. Uh, and so, you know, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep knocking on his door, if nothing more than to try and prize one of those point guards off the roster uh, and keep throwing out trade scenarios out there. But a lot of guys around NBC Sports Boston wanted to catch up with Drapes. And before we hopped on to start recording this, the Patriot Talk guys were wrapping up their podcast. So, uh, again, we didn't have we weren't quick enough to get Phil's uh, Marcus Smart slander, but we did have a little little bit, little little, little uh, on air off air discussion about Jalen Brown. And as you if you've tuned into this network at any point, you've probably heard Tom Curran is not a huge fan of Jalen Brown and believes the Celtics should trade him now while his value is high. I wouldn't say I agree, but uh, I try to just step back and let Drapes and him uh, have their way. So uh, we're going to leave you with that. Before that, go like, subscribe, check us out on the YouTube page. If you want to go slide in Tom Curran's mentions and say, we need you back for a full episode of Celtics Talk so we can really get into this Jalen Brown discussion. He's got no football team anymore, so uh, he's got some time coming up on his hands. Uh, We'll catch you guys next time on the Celtics Talk podcast. He is a disaster on defense. He is a disaster dribbling the ball. He might as well dribble with his forehead. Refresh my memory. Did Jalen Brown make an all-star team last (laughs) year? The all-star I forget. I forget. You say 48 players. Because people get ballot stuff. He was an all-star. Come on, <laughs> Who man. cares about the all-star team? We spend more time focusing on the fact that he was the last guy in the door for the all-star team a couple of years ago and less time noticing that he can't find his own man on defense or dribble. <laughs>
Shane Welcome Gilgis, to the Alexander's podcast. We're, we're wow. picking this conversation up in progress as Sorry. Tom Curran makes the case to trade Jalen Brown yet again. You Before everybody else talking. catches on. I'm telling you're welcome to state your case. You're, you just think he's a below average player. Below is average really is sticking extreme. around. Is, is Curran really sticking around? No, today? Drapes won't have it. He does Drapes <laughs> doesn't need to have it. <laughs> no, I mean he, he had you in to talk something else. And I'm I, I'm I'm an overhang. See, we just finished the Patriots talk pod and I'm still here. So we decided to have a little reunion and I'm hanging oh, out. So I'm right. ruining the Celtics stuff for people. So you're just hanging it. around. You're, you're, you're not lame. ruining it. I think it's a great discussion. He's not. He's not a below average player by any stretch. He's a disinterested and low energy defender. He is a very gifted. Op- hey, and, and, and you know, Tom, you could, if, if we're being honest, you could say that about 90% of the players on that team. No, not to the extent that the, the lead dog should be. I mean, Rob Williams and Marcus Smart are engaged. Tatum is generally engaged. He has a hard time with off-ball defense and on-ball defense. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Drapes, I mean. But here's the thing. I got they're a phone loaded with clips of the idiocy. They're, they're not trading. <laughs> no, I know they're not. But they're at some point, you, you have to come to the conclusion, uh, just as your point was, is he getting better every year? Yeah. But some things are getting better, and some things are getting worse. Chris, the notion that he was a plus defender when Drapes was here two years ago, you can't subscribe to that right now, can you? No, no. And I, I think the, the most the, the the most criminal part is that he has those moments where he loses focus and the guy backdoor right, cuts right, him. Right, or like right. The Covington yeah. play the other day was infuriating. But yeah, yeah. you know what drove me crazy the other day, Chris? There was a point where Montrez Harrell, Jalen's standing in the middle of the lane. He had just thrown the ball to the other team. Previously, he had come back and put his hand on the small of Bradley Beal's back for no good reason to create an and one. Then Montrez Harrell is standing at the at the block. Jalen Brown is in the middle of the paint, just standing there with his hands at his side. The second that Montrez Harrell had an opportunity, he stepped in, put his ass in the midsection of Jalen Brown, pinned him and scored. Jalen, what did you think was going to happen? He's the most physical player in the league. Pay attention to who's next to you. You're about to get pinned down. Nothing. Another and one. That's the stuff. Chris, hold on. We don't come on the Patriots Talk podcast and break down the two deep zone and all this other stuff. How's Curry coming on our podcast here and trying to tell us to trade one of the Celtics' best players? Well, and here's the thing: I think it's more of a reflection of how poor I am at evaluating other sports because <laughs> Phil comes in here hot and he's like, "Hey, wait, they need to trade Marcus Smart yesterday," and then Tom comes on, and he's like, "Hey." They need to move Jalen Brown. Like they know more about hoops than maybe the guy hosting the Celtics talk podcast. So no, 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 but I mean, I'm, I'm only, I'm only 40, almost 50 years deep. I'm watching this team drapes close. But I think, I think Tom's frustration is a good uh, way to show you like what's going on in new England right now. There is a lot of frustration with the Celtics team and uh, yeah, we don't always handle it well. Sorry. This the way to get better drapes to me is either he's going to improve or sell high for more complimentary players around what I think is one of the five best players in the league who all he needs to do is play with just a little more edge and say, nobody's as good as me. I'm going to go score, score 40 tonight. That's all. Drapes did not come on from Sacramento. No, because I think why not add to those two guys? Like the, the, the parts surrounding them, 
And I've said it for three years. Forsberg knows you need a point guard that's not trying to get buckets. Kemba was trying to get buckets. Kyrie was trying to get buckets. You need somebody that's going to get you nine, 10 assists a night. And they just don't have that kind of point guard that can bring it all together. It's like making gumbo and you don't have the shrimp in there or something. You need somebody where the roux is just not good, you know? So you need somebody to bring it all together. And that's what they're lacking right now. Dennis Schroeder's not that guy. Marcus nope. Smart's not that guy. That's what they need, Tommy. But to get that, Chris, mm-hmm. to get that high-level one. Right. You need to give up something. And if you give up Jalen, you can get a Jalen clone because people could tend to overestimate how good Jalen is. That's my contention. You can get the same offensive production, better defense, better decision-making and ball handling from a player who is less highly regarded than Jalen Brown, for instance. That's if my o- contention. If only we had a guy who covered a team with an abundance of point guards that we could discuss potential <laughs> trade scenarios with. I love you guys. I gotta get I gotta get quick. <laughs> All right, Karen. What you got? Great, break down the draft. Great to see you. Fellas.